The following is a Kingfisher Media production. When we take the time to talk to strangers, we realize fairly quickly that we have more in common than we have in conflict. These people that seem so different end up looking so much more the same than we ever could have anticipated. And that opens the door for us to look at them and think, this is what I like about you. I'm AC Fisher. With me is my co-host, Alexis Erlin. And joining us today is Tiffany Olson. And admittedly, I have no idea anything about Tiffany. I think Alexis may have spent a little bit of time chatting with her, but I'm coming in completely out of the loop because I've just spent the last week on vacation. So (laughs) Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to have you. Thanks for having me. So what made you interested in coming on this show? Well, I recently um, started to craft my own podcast and I'm in a, I'm in a workshop um, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to find all the resources out there. So um, I, I've been chatting with folks on Clubhouse. I don't know if you guys are are into Clubhouse, but um, I've gotten some good leads there and I found my way to the Facebook group, the uh, find a guest, be a guest, I think is the one maybe. And, um, and I saw your post and I was like, and your, your post was broad enough that I felt like I fell under your umbrella. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was like, and then I was just like, Hey, like what, if you still need people, I mean, you know, I'd be happy to, you know, I'm curious about your guys' show and I'm wanting to engage with others in the podcasting community. And it just seemed like a, seemed like a cool fit. So that's why I reached out and then you reached out to me. So here we are. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this podcast that you're going to be launching soon. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a it's a thing, you guys. I mean, as you know, right? Um, starting a podcast. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had a little twinkling thing in the back of my mind for a couple years now, um, which is interesting because I only really started recently listening to podcasts, but um, I love. Uh, the idea of them. And I have um, a lot of passion and um, ideas and I love conversation. And um, so anyway, so the twinkling has been there. And then I recently um, had an email. I don't know how I got on this mailing list of this workshop. I've been on their mailing list. Um, And then I recently, I got another email in my inbox about this workshop that was starting up. This was maybe in like February January, February. And I was like, okay, let's check it out. And I it just like they had a Q&A going like the next day or something. I joined their Q&A and I just like something about it just like felt right to me. And I had the cash at the time and I was like, I'm doing this. Like, I just was like, this is it. Like, I'm going to do this workshop and I'm going to just see what happens. So that we're, it was a seven, seven week workshop and we're in the, this is the last week of the workshop. So I'm six weeks in and it's, it's, it's a wild ride. You know, I, oh gosh, I mean, basically what I'm doing is I'm, yes, I'm starting a podcast, but more so I'm like facing fears and doing something that I believe in that I'm afraid of which is a huge thing for me because I'm reach I've reached this point in my life where I feel super stagnant. What am I doing? I not you know, I don't ha- like I'm not following my heart with anything really and um and so I'm just like I just dove into this and I'm just like on this ride now and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Literally every point that you've touched on is just so unbelievably relatable. Back in 2015, I started my first podcast. I didn't know anything about podcasts. I didn't know, like, I I think I had listened to one episode of one podcast. It was like, I have to do this. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of sweeps you up in everything. But I think the part about your story that hit me the most is when you're, you sort of described a situation where you, you got caught up in the momentum of something that you didn't even expect was going to land on your radar. And it immediately got me thinking about how like every major change in my life, I feel like it's happened as a result of um, 
you know, when you're like driving down the freeway and you're following GPS and it's like at the last possible second, it's like, oh, shoot, there's my exit. And you'll just like swerve wildly just to get where you're going. <laughs> but <laughs> it seems like these decisions that that drastically change our overall approach. It's like we've been heading towards that change our whole lives. Right. But we don't realize it until the last possible second where it's like, okay, I either do or I don't. And it's just like, yeah, boom, do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you don't believe. I think for me, that's exactly right. But for me, it was like, I didn't believe that I could do it. It was like the ideas there, the passions there, you know, a lot of things were there. But the most important one, which is believing in myself right. and believing that I could do it. And believing that I have something to offer, like that's the miss been the missing piece for me, which mm. is, as you know, you kind of have to have that like <laughs> to do anything. Right. <laughs> so hence the stagnation in my life and the real, really like deep stagnation to the point of like depression and just like disorganized thoughts and and just no groundedness, you know, and just sad and just like, mm -hmm. what am I doing? You know, Um so, do you live your yes. life in fear, do you think, as a, as a habit? I, I don't. I do in the sense of being afraid to make moves like this, you know, mm. of like being afraid I'm not good enough or I'm not perfect enough. I have a horrible perfectionist thing going on, which, you know, is super common and, you know, it's a human thing. But yeah. I mean, I think I've had it to the point of it's really held me back in a lot of ways. And I'm 41 now, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what do I, I, I have so many things that I, I'm a very passionate person, very, you know, I have a lot of things I'm really interested in and I really believe in. And I just wasn't really doing anything that was in alignment with that. I want to do something with my life that I feel proud of that I believe in that, that makes me excited, that makes me happy, that makes me feel like I'm making a difference, you know, because that's really important to me, like feeling like I'm making a difference and I'm, I'm helping people in whatever small way it is. Like that's, that's my ultimate mission is to be helping people um, in my own way. It's like, we, we can't all save the whole world. Right. But we can find our niche and we can, we can find those things and, and, and funnel that, that energy into, what, however many one, two, three, four, five, or just one or how hundreds or whatever it is. But I feel like it's so important to be doing something where you feel like you're, you're making a difference, even if it's a small one. Yeah, totally. I totally get everything you're saying. When I started podcasting, it was the same thing. Just something I was just passionate about a topic I wanted to talk about. It wasn't like I wanted to be, uh, in the spotlight or anything. I just, I knew that, Hey, this needs to be talked about. So I guess nobody else is talking about it. So I guess I'm going to, and that's just kind of how I got started. So you mentioned some things that you're passionate about. You've been talking a lot about that. What are some of those things that you're passionate about? Mm. Well, I can tell you what my podcast is and that, and, mm -hmm. and that, that's a big one, which is, so my podcast is, is basically uh, about erotic pleasure and especially centering mm -hmm. women's erotic pleasure. And it is, for me, it's really just a way for me to, <laughs> the podcast is really a way for me to, it's like, it's just like a tool in my tool belt on my own personal journey, right? So it's like, basically, I'm not, I'm not doing the podcast because I have things that I know that I want to tell people. It's, it's that I want to create a space for conversation about the things that I think are important. So... I want to, I, I think it's really important that we're, that we talk about, that there's more talk about and normalizing women's erotic pleasure and erotic pleasure in general and sex in general too. You know, it's like, it's like, the, it's so, we live in such a twisted society, you know, when it comes to that, to sexuality. Um, well, it's funny because everybody likes sex, but no, it seems like nobody wants to talk about it. And nobody knows how to talk about it. And the, and the social and the social constructs that we have are very sex negative. I mean, we live in a sex negative culture. Like that's just the reality of it. And so for me, the person, it's like, this is a very, very personal journey, right? So my own sexual awakening and, 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 and sexual journey is, is a huge part of my life in the last like six years. And recently too have had, you know, some, 
realizations about my relationship orientation, like polyamory has come in and my sexual orientation and who I'm attracted to and who I want to have sex with. And so this is all happening for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just been this thing, you know, that's also just in, that's been running in the background for me that is just very, very, I feel it's very important. And it has like social and political implications for me as well, you know, um, you know, LGBTQIA issues and feminist issues and, you know, safety and um, there's a lot there, right? So it's just something I'm super passionate about. And I, I just want to create a space where we, people can talk about sex and, and, and not feel shame, you know? Thank you for listening to What I Like About You. Please remember to like, follow, and share. That's a big one for me, and that's why I'm doing my podcast about that. <laughs> well, I actually have a question. You, yeah. you said something. You didn't say LBGTQ. You said something else, and I've actually never heard that. I was going to ask you if you could explain uh, those little acronyms you just gave. QIA, yeah. It's it's uh, intersex and asexual are the new additions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we need to update our vocabulary then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I like learning this stuff. We had a a, a transgender uh, woman on a few weeks ago, and she caught me on something that just seemed so subtle, which I kept saying transgendered, which mm. apparently was offensive. I didn't know that, but we we try to tread lightly. We try to be sensitive of everybody and conversations like this is like see we're we're talking about your podcast but we learned something completely unrelated i think that's mm-hmm. so cool right yeah. yeah well and i mean if you just if you go at anything with a sense of openness and humility and just as as you know it's like if you make a mistake it's okay to make mistakes as long as you you know if somebody corrects you then you net then you know you know and oh, then absolutely. you do, and then you do better so i think that your guys's platform is really beautiful for that like if you guys are just open to learning stuff and you're just like oh cool and then you, and then you know you know and you take that with you so that's that's pretty cool well you know i i spent the first 40ish years of my life i think having a clear idea about what's what mm-hmm. and i think more often than not i would approach situations thinking that i know what i'm talking about and yeah. I'm realizing more and more that I don't really much care for being right because I yeah. can't learn anything when I'm right. If I'm wrong and if yeah. I've got the, if I've got like a good attitude about it, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Call me out. I will admit it publicly. Like I've been wrong. Yeah. Um, anyways, enough about how awesome I am. <laughs> <laughs> you you said something a, a, a little bit ago about how you can't change the whole world. Mm-hmm. I want to push back on that a little bit mm, okay? because I truly believe that we all can change the whole world and we do it one conversation at a time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can change the whole world from our own perspective, just by adjusting our attitude. We don't even have to influence another person. We just need to respond internally to them a little differently. And our view of the whole world changes as a result, you know, something as simple as um, like, I'll give you an example uh, a shift of personal philosophy. I grew up in a very abusive environment. I had a string of very, very dysfunctional relationships, and I b- adopted this view of the world that involved very much, you know, why is this person doing this to me? Mm-hmm. It was always the first question. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And when I started thinking in terms of why am I responding this way, the whole world literally did change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think even pushing a little bit beyond that these conversations that you're looking to engage in the the normalization i mean it's amazing ideas spread like wildfire and i think mm-hmm. especially controversial ideas in a, in a in a sex negative culture as you described it i know what it's like to have a very sex negative attitude and when i brushed up against the first person who is just open about their sexuality they didn't define themselves it was a case of you know what I'm going to fuck who I want to fuck and I'm going to do it unapologetically. Mm -hmm. I'm going to love who I'm going to love, or I'm not going to love at all. It doesn't matter. Your opinion is irrelevant. And here I was coming from this religious idea of no one man, one woman. Mm -hmm. It was a challenge to my normal that it it started unraveling everything I had held to be true. Mm -hmm. So this is my moment to sort of talk you up. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think you can change the whole world. And I'm confident that you, in fact, will change the whole world. Me too. Yeah, well, I appreciate your guys' support and idealism. That's awesome. Um, I think for me, it's like a, it's a matter of I, I have kind of a, I'm, I think I'm an like highly sensitive person and an empath. And I feel so much and I see so much and I want to change so much. And Mm -hmm. I have gotten overwhelmed by that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like being able to focus and hone in on this one thing is actually like grounding me in a way that I really need, you know, Um, because I I don't, I, I don't have the energy to go after all of the things that I see in the world that are, that I, that I want to fix. And I don't think it's my job, you know, but I think it's, I think it's my job to do what I can, you know, and to put my effort into something that I believe in and to give it my all, you know? And so that's kind of why I said that. And that's kind of, the only way I can think about it, because again, I, I can get overwhelmed and I do often, you know? And so this is, this is a way for me to like, instead of being like, I can't do anything. So I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) I'm going to, and that's where I've been. It's like, what do I do? I can't, there's so many things I can't do it all. And so I'm not going to, I'm just going to freeze, you know, for a few, you know, the fight, Mm. flight, freeze kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I freeze and I don't do anything. And so for me, this is like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like I can, I'm unthawing myself into action and to doing something that, that I, that I finally can do something that I feel like is worthy and that is good. And that's a cause that I believe in, you know? So yeah. you're, you're just sort of breaking things down into bite-sized pieces then if I'm understanding you correctly. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just, it's the way it's, it's finally what I've realized that I have to do. Like I can't do it all. And, um, and there's several reasons for that. I mean, you know, we could, we could go into that, but it's like, you know, I've had chronic health issues. I have, you know, lots of trauma. I've had recent trauma and, and, you know, I, I have a very reserved amount of energy and space um, for the world, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't feeling good, not doing anything. You know, I was feeling horrible and I, I felt it was awful feeling. So I have found this way for me to kind of come alive again and to put my heart into something that is, is meaningful to me. And I feel alive again, you know, I think touching on this topic is really important because I feel like a lot of people are kind of in that space right now and everything's changing. Jobs are getting lost. New jobs are getting found. Everybody's going through all these changes. And like you said, some of us just feel like we're just sitting ducks and we can't do anything. And it's frustrating and you feel like you're wasting time. And I felt like that too. I came out of some trauma, kind of like you had a whole entire life change and I lost a big part of myself. And for a long time, I felt like I had this big empty space. Mm. And I was like, now I have all this time. What am I going to do with it? It's like, well, I still have a microphone and I can still (laughs) press record and, you know, I can Mm. do that. So Mm. yeah, but I had no idea how, how it was going to change my life. I had no idea Mm. at all. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's just been really, it's been an exciting journey for me personally. I know it has been for AC too. Did you want to touch on that? AC? No, I, I feel like I talk enough about myself on my own podcast. <laughs> like, I, I've got one where it's basically just me monologuing about everything me related. So maybe I'll just put myself on pause here. One thing I was sort of curious about Tiffany is you talked about normalizing conversations about basically everything to do with sex, which I think that's fantastic. What's difficult for you to talk about? You know, that's a good question. And I, 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 I don't have, and it's interesting because I don't have a problem talking to about sex to like friends or strangers even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes that's easier. <laughs> but I've had an issue in the past with talking about sex with partners and it's led to, you know, I, I, what I've said, you know, in recent conversations is I've, I was kind of a participant in my own sexual trauma because of that. 
Right. Because especially in my younger years and especially in my wilder years, when I was so disconnected from my body, my, what I wanted, what I needed boundaries, you know, it was just a bunch of like drunken, just like, you know, trying to get it, trying to, trying to connect, trying to intimately connect in all of these ways and, and just no communication, no, didn't, I didn't even know where to start about how to talk about consent and, and my own pleasure and, and what felt good and what didn't, what I wanted when I didn't. Mm -hmm. And it was just in the last, you know, with my last partner that that started to happen for me, that I was able to start to be really honest and open about all kinds of stuff around sexuality. And it really was, it felt like that was the beginning of this like kind of revolution that I'm in my own sexual revolution. I call it where I was like, Whoa, dude, like I've been completely disconnected from all aspects of myself in that realm in my second, the sexual realm. And that is not cool, you know? Um, yeah. And so that, that portal opened a bit with that partner. And so it's just been kind of, that's been the kind of the start of the journey for me. And that's not that long ago and I'm 41. So that's a lot of years of like, you know, not being able to talk about sex with partners. And so, so now, you know, it's this whole new ball game. Now I'm just like, I'm fucking reading and learning and I'm like, I'm connecting with all these sex positive people and I'm getting the tools I need and the, the um, confidence and the tools to be able to say like, Hey, like, no, like this is what I need, you know, or this is what I don't like, or this is, you know, you can't do that or, you know, whatever it is, a million, all Mm -hmm. a million things. Right. So, so I'm, I took the reins, you know, I took the reins of my sexual life and um, I'm still, again, on my very beginning, I have a lot to learn, but it's definitely never going to be like it used to be. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, once you open that door, it's, it's so important because I mean, like you're, you're 41, I'm 48. It's only the last like couple of years where I've really started to get honest about who I am, how I love, who I'm attracted to. And also just getting to a place where it's like, yeah, I, I remember even like 10 years ago, you know, my, my wife, I mean, we've been together already for a while at the time we've, we split up now, you know, poor communication being a key factor there. But I mean, she'd ask me simple things like, you know, if, if we were being intimate, like, Oh, what would you like me to do to you? And I'd always find myself answering with the same thing. Oh, whatever you like, you know? Uh, and yeah. And it's, it's amazing how like such a passive comment can lead you into so many things you just do not enjoy that aren't good for you. And they honestly can be traumatic sometimes. And it's not that the other person is next necessarily like a sexual deviant or a predator. It just, when you tell somebody do what feels good and they do it, but what feels good for them triggers the living shit out of you. I, 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 I really like what you said about being a participant in your own sexual trauma. I can so identify yeah. with that. Right. Oh yeah. I can too, for sure. I mean, I grew up in a very fundamental Christian home, very sex negative. However, we were still expected to produce lots of children. And so I was very Mm -hmm. in the dark. I mean, I can admit this now without feeling ashamed, but I had to ask my husband a lot of questions because I didn't have public education. I have sex education, nothing. Parents were afraid of birth control, you know, tampons, things like that. Yeah. And so I was very ignorant. And so like AC was saying, I feel like it's only been the last few years where I've really started to kind of be more assertive in that area. And I'm still learning to myself. It is definitely a journey. You are listening to what I like about you. Please remember to like, follow, and share. Well, we have a lot to unravel, right? As, yeah. as living living in the society we live in, and 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 adding in familial stuff. If you know, many of us have that too. Our own personal horrible trauma, family traumas, right? Um, and it's a lot to unravel. It's 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 like the bigger societal like misogyny and sexism, you know, and then it's just like all the layers. Right. And we're, we're, once you, once you become aware and you are on a journey of, of sexual empowerment, you really have a lot to unravel and it does take time, you know? And, um, 
yeah, I was going to say something. I lost, I lost but what you were saying. Uh, you guys are going to have to, you guys are going to have to edit out my, all my, uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. Um, anyways, I forgot it, but if I remember, I'll come back to it, but yeah, it's, it's a lot to unravel. And, and that's exactly what my podcast is trying to do is to, is to help that unraveling for, for everybody that listens. I'm actually really excited to listen to it. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, me too. Like from, from a male perspective, I mean, I, I know a lot of guys are not very secure. They're not very open-minded. And when they hear a woman talking about her own erotic pleasure, it's almost like they see it as a threat to their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. What I've learned the last couple of years, now that I've started being more honest and I think open-minded is if I'm with somebody who wants to focus on her erotic pleasure, I love engaging on that level because mm-hmm. I feel like there's almost like a selfish satisfaction in taking care of another person's needs to the, like the, the fullest extent possible. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to listen to my partner and she's going to tell me like, okay, this is how to give me like some earth shattering orgasms. Why would I shy away from that information? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. most guys, we feel like, look, we can't have sex often enough. And women, it seems like more often than not, it's like, well, I'm having sex more often than I want to. Mm-hmm. And I think both people are getting sucked into a bad schedule because of the same thing is that the woman's not getting what she needs. It, am I completely off base here or? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're right on t- on target. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like another reason why I want this. I'm doing this because it's like women's erotic pleasure is not centered in our male dominated patriarchal society. Um, mm-hmm. Male pleasure is the center of everything. And so, which is why there's such a discrepancy. Um, there's not enough science. There's not enough research. There's not enough anything, you know, Um but there's, it's starting to shift and there's more resources. Um, I can tell you guys both like the book Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski is, is phenomenal. And it's, 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 it's for women. I mean, it's about a book about women's pleasure. But if you are a, a any kind of a, a man or a woman or any type of whatever your gender or sexual orientation is, and you like having sex with women, whoever you are, it's a great freaking book. It is groundbreaking, actually, I think. I mean, it's like groundbreaking science that she brings in about um, desire and all of these things. It's just like, it, I, I, I'm reading it slowly because I, I'm horrible at reading nonfiction, but it is like rocking my world. So um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's it's weird, actually, now that I think about it. I mean, you're you're talking about all these colorful layers to to women's sexuality and their erotic pleasure and whatnot. And I I find it just it, it seems illogical and like insane to me that our society places so much emphasis on male sexual pleasure. And I know I'm probably selling out a lot of my bros by admitting this, but <laughs> it's like it ends the same way for me more or less every time I'm limited to one, possibly two orgasms. If I'm super lucky and well hydrated (laughs) women's like physical bodies are so much more complex than that. You're capable of so much more pleasure than, than we are. And on top of it, it seems like there's a lot more code cracking involved to get you there. I mean, any moron can get a guy off like seriously. Yeah. And part of that has to do with us training for speed, starting from puberty, basically. Once we get a handle on it, we never let go. So, I mean, you can get us there, just boom, we're there. Women, God, why wouldn't anybody be fascinated by this? Like, well, yeah, I agree. And I'll say too, though, that it's not really that there is a lot of code cracking. It's that it's just that nobody, there hasn't been enough people asking us what. Or, or studying us like that's really what it is it's like because of the male centered patriarchal society like it, it but the information's there it's easy to find and it's really it's it's it is complicated and we are more complicated and we have a lot more going on in our genitals um you know a lot there's a lot there and it's amazing <laughs> i'll have to say i'm like uh, it's like wow like you said there's a lot of different freaking avenues there's a lot of different little places and things and pockets and 
different, you know, it's like, wow. So, but it's, it's like, it's not a mystery, you know, it's like if the information's there, it's just that um, it hasn't been centered enough in our society. Yeah. For every woman, I think it's different too. I mean, every girl likes yeah. some, you know, she doesn't like the same thing. So no. like AC was saying, it's like, oh, we're more or less all the same. Right. But women, it's, we're different. I mean, if we right. are and we're not, I and mean, we have our preferences, right? Right. Well, but, and that's, uh, that's a point too, is like, that's why we need to be talking about it. Like, that's why we, we need to feel comfortable and we need to feel like it's safe to talk. And like, there's information out there for us, you know? that we can figure out what we want, but what, but we're taught to please men, you know, it's like, that's what we're taught. We're not taught to please ourselves. We're not taught about our own bodies. We're not taught about all of the cool things our bodies can do. We're taught that, you know, it's important to please men, you know, and that's not, I mean, it, it, it that's still happening. Like if people might, might, people might think that sounds outdated, but it's not like, no, it's, it's not. not. It's, it's not. not my, my niece, she's, she has a girlfriend and she says, you know, we walk around town all the time. And she says, I can't tell you how many guys make this, you know, statement. Oh, I could turn you straight again or whatever. And she's so gross. Like that's, that's dumb. It's like, yeah. why? It's, it's a, it's a yeah. whole thing, the patriarchy. And I, you know, it's not my favorite topic because <laughs> it makes me mad. Makes me really mad. It's one of those things that's like, I, you know, it's like one of those big societal problems that I'm like, oh my God, my head wants to explode about it. But again, like I'm finding my little corner, you know, I'm finding my little, like I'm finding my voice and doing what I can to like bust that shit, you know? Yeah. Um, like so. from a, from a guy's perspective, like I, I like to think I'm more open-minded than most guys, but I think in some ways I'm painfully typical. Mm-hmm. And I think... <laughs> This idea of of women communicating more clearly and opening openly about their sexuality, as much as that might be threatening to some guys, at least in the moment, because I mean, like every guy likes to think, oh, he's got his moves, you know, like coming into like what Alexis was sharing about his her her, her niece is like, yeah, we all want to think that our dick is God's gift to vaginas like everywhere, and it's so stupid because the reality is. You know, I, I think if you talk to the women in any of our lives, they'll tell you, look, he's not as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> but, um, right. And, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'd like to get better, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not ever going to get better if, you know, you do things that you've been taught to do, like, to, you know, you're talking about pleasing men and women. I, I think a lot of times they get caught in this trap. Oh, I got a fake orgasm. Oh, I got to pretend his dick is like, Ooh, it just feels so good all the time. I got to pretend that his tongue game is strong. But on the guy's end of things, when this dishonesty happens, we do eventually figure out that you're bullshitting us. And when we find out that, God, like my, my signature tongue trick has been doing absolutely nothing for you. There's so much shame that gets wrapped up into that and frustration and anger and for both people for both people yeah. absolutely and i think bedroom communication it always bleeds outside of the bedroom it affects every area of life and you know like sex typically being the most well not just sex but everything related to our sexuality that's tip- typically the most difficult stuff that we can talk about i think if we can get comfortable talking about these things and not with strangers, but with our partners. Yeah. I think that our communication all across the board will necessarily improve. I can talk about difficult things. Hey, man, like talking about I'm a little frustrated because I'm not making enough money. That's an easy conversation compared to, you know what? I don't like when you put your fingers there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it, it's... Yeah, it's it's again. It's I think of it as a portal. I think of sexuality as a portal, and it's a really important one. And I really believe that because of our sex negative society, the portal is is jammed for a lot of people, and it does bleed into other things. It bleeds into all kinds of stuff, and in 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 sometimes violent ways. You know, Um, I mean, if you want to talk about consent, it's like. How many, you know, it's like I mentioned it before. It's like, how many times have I done something that I didn't really want to do? That's not okay. 
you know, and that is trauma. And that trauma is going to follow me and affect me and affect my relationships. And it's going to, you know, it's, you, it's, you can't, it's, it's going to be there. Right. So, yeah. So that's totally, totally true, which is another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. And consent isn't just like, oh yeah, you want to sleep together. Okay. And then anything goes, that's not how it goes either. It's like at any point you can say, Hey, look, let's do something different. Or Hey, this isn't working for me. I want to try something else you know, that has to be, yeah, it's constant communication. And here's something I'd like to put out to the guys out there who are listening. Your fucking blue balls are irrelevant. If she says yeah. no, stop. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would hope that you don't have rapists listening to your podcast, but. <laughs> you, you know what though, Tiffany, and this is something I struggled with uh, like years ago is that I didn't realize how guilty I was of disrespecting the idea of consent disrespecting um i guess basically like the the physical and psychological autonomy of women just because of the way i was raised i mean a lot of people get upset these days about the uh the, the catchphrase rape culture but looking at the way that my dad taught me about sexuality and interacting with the opposite sex he filled my head with some really really rapey stuff yeah, that's, you know, that's and it, right. it's it's simple things like, you know, you know, when grandma and grandpa want to tell you this story about it was such a sweet story, how they met, you know, I asked her out like 35 times. She kept saying no, but I finally whittled her down. Like, I'm sorry, that is not a beautiful story. No. You were a pig, grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my dad used to tell me all the time, well, women don't know what they want. You got to tell them what they want. And oh wow, you know, and and I and I saw my dad. I saw his list of conquests, and I thought, man, this is the guy I want to be. Yeah, well, yeah, you just described it. You just described it right there. Like that's that's how it happens in the home, and that's a societal thing. Like that's happening in homes all across the country, you know, all across the world, really. No, and it's it's gross, and like it's especially between like husbands and wives. I don't think that the topic of consent is taken nearly seriously enough there. I I know like, again, picking up my, my, my dad, it's, it's it's easy to talk shit about him because he's been dead for like 19 years. So it's not like I'm going to hurt his feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I remember like he'd, he'd get in like arguments with my mom or she would be just cranky. And like his go-to phrase was always, Oh, I know what you need. And he'd drag her off to the bedroom. Mm. And you know, a lot of guys grow up with this idea of quote unquote normal, but that kind of normal yeah. is unhealthy. These kids yeah. that grow up in these environments, they grow up, they teach their kids, you know, when women say no, I think that's when, why guys get pissed off. It's like, well, my dad told me that if I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, I'd get where I want to go. And it's, yep. it's infuriating and it's disappointing. And it's like, we're, we're we almost are taught to uh, be entitled to, oh, yeah. to, to a woman's body. Absolutely. That's what you're taught. <laughs> I mean, that's no question. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, and, and living as a woman, you know, um, I can tell you that that's how I've felt since I was a little girl. Honestly, it started when I was really young and um, I absolutely have felt that that is what that's the energy that's been coming towards me since I was a little girl. No, and this, it's gotta be rough. You know, I've, I've, spent a a bit of time the last few months thinking about, you know, how women see the world because the, I I didn't realize until like really unpacking a lot of things with Alexis. I mean, she's five foot one. The world to her is a much bigger place than it is to me being six foot four. Hmm. Right. And if a woman that's five foot one is going to be brushing up against a guy who's six foot four, who's had his head filled with nonsense his whole life, and he feels entitled, the woman may actually know that, hey, this is wrong what's happening, but you combine feeling small and powerless with a guy who just thinks that he doesn't have to take no for an answer. I can see how things get really terrifying really quickly. Mm. Well, yeah, and the, and you can see why so much sexual assault happens. I mean, one in, what is it, one in three women, or it's probably more than that. You know, it's like, I mean, it's, it's real. So common. 
Well, cause I mean, that, that happened to me years ago. I mean, I had this friend, Michelle, like back in the nineties. Right. And I didn't find out till years after the fact, she felt like I had, well, I guess I did sexually assault her. She didn't say no. I thought all systems were go. And right. I didn't understand why she just didn't seem too into it. And I thought, well, okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong. It never occurred to me that without realizing it, just because I think it was subtlety of conversation combined with mm. my large stature, she felt compelled just to go along with whatever the hell was happening. And yes. also common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's not something I feel good about. I wish I could have. I wish I could have avoided it. You know, I wish that she wouldn't have had to go through that. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's very upsetting to me that women don't feel comfortable enough in the moment to say that they want to switch it up. Yeah. And, and like, kind of like AC was saying, like, I never really experienced <laughs> experiences with him, but, uh, but that's a perfect example. You feel really, sorry, there's a, I'm in a, <laughs> there's some screaming children. I'm going to wait here for just a second. <laughs> um, but I've been in that situation, not just sexually, but, you know, in the workplace, you know, things like that, where there's a more dominant person in the room, you feel like you are already not going to be heard. So you just don't say anything. Yeah. There's just a certain vibe that you feel. And I don't know if that's just stupid to assume that. And I would be cheating myself of, you know, cheating myself if I didn't say anything. I'm learning this more and more. I've actually been practicing being assertive. Uh, it's actually something that I've been working on because it's uh, it's caused a lot of problems for me in the past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, being small, everybody thinking, oh, you're just some rag doll to throw around. Oh, you're so cute. And right. uh, oh, she's such a, you know, she's cute, but they don't right. want to hear anything else, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, we have a twisted society in so many ways. Um, I'm going to put on my, my I, I'm the pessimist hat here because <laughs> I have a big, big <laughs> one. Um, you know, and, and again, it's like we're talking about unraveling, right? Unraveling things that we've been taught since we were young. And it, it, the implications are huge, right? It's, it's, it's about the tendrils go into all aspects of our lives. Um, you know, when we're talking about unequal treatment, you know, and, and patriarchy and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big, big, big topic. <laughs> and so for me, it's like, I, I could, you know, it's like, you can always go in a million different directions when you're coming, when you're first coming up with an idea, right. About any kind of creative project. So, I really had to hone it down to because sexuality is huge, right? The topic and the, you know, it's like, it's, you could go so many different ways. And so I really had to figure out what is it about sexuality that I really want to talk about? Um, again, trying to, trying to like work with my empathic, like, you know, highly sensitive person self um, and not do, not take on too much, you know? Yeah. Um, and so with erotic pleasure, it's like, it is still big, but it's like, it gives me something to kind of like hone in on, you know, it's like right. when I'm, when I've lost my way or like when I'm feeling like, Ooh, there's so many, well, what, what, you know, it's like, okay, what is it? What is like, let's bring it back. Like, let's bring it back to erotic pleasure. And, and again, you can talk about a lot of different things with, you can talk about politics, you can talk about social stuff, you can talk about uh, familial, spiritual stuff, but if I keep bringing it back to the pleasure piece, erotic pleasure, it's like that for me, that's going to, that's going to help like guide me, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's such an intimate thing. And like we were saying, it does spill out into our lives. If we're not assertive in the workplace, we're not probably not going to be assertive in the bedroom. We're yeah. probably not, you know, it's true. It bleeds mm -hmm. over. And that's why healthy sexuality is so important. And for somebody like me, who's still exploring that again, I'm 38 years old and I feel like I'm a newbie at this. Um, you know, I really, I've learned a lot about myself. We hope you're enjoying this episode of what I like about you coming in. The thought of talking about sexual pleasure with two attractive women seemed like every guy's dream. Instead, it turned out to be a learning experience and an opportunity to reflect on how and why I do things. If you have thoughts on this conversation or any others that we've had, please send us an email. 
likeaboutyoupod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, Alexis, you were talking about the the sexual uh, assertiveness bleeding out into other places like the workplace. and That is something that I've always struggled with. I didn't have sex till I was married. Not many people can say that. That was me. I was very inexperienced. Didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> you know, I really had, I really knew nothing. Then I was, you know, popping babies out and being mm. busy and raised to have children and please a man. It wasn't like my husband didn't want to please me because that was very much, you know, he was very focused on that, but there were still a lot of, um, a lot of domination. There was still a lot of, uh, me not feeling like I was allowed to communicate. Yeah. And that feeling of just not really feeling like you can just come out and say it, Mm -hmm. that insecurity was something that I kind of carried with me everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was difficult. Mm -hmm. Now that I've been exploring that a little bit more, I'm starting to see those things kind of blur together and come together in kind of an unexpected way. Right. Right. That's beautiful. And and another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, I'll keep saying it because of those little wonderful little gems right there. It's it's so important. It's so important because if you think about all of the aspects of, of our humanity, right? It's like sexuality, creativity, um, you know, f- whatever. There's a million, right? If you if you're cut off from any one of those, you're not a whole person. I right. mean, really, yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's yeah. what I felt. I felt like when I started to open up sexually, it was like I was like, there's a whole other part of me that has been buried, and that means I'm not my true self. I'm not my full true self. I am not me. Like literally, you know. And, and what a really, what a crazy realization that was, you know, of like, holy crap, like I have a lot of things to dig up and yeah. And I don't even know that all of the implications of what a full opening, a sexual opening will do. Like, I don't even know. I, I honestly think it's going to fucking catapult me into another dimension, honestly, because, yeah. <laughs> because I think I, I really believe that creativity and sexuality are, are two sides of the same coin. Absolutely. And I have felt, oh, yeah. I have felt extremely stifled creatively my whole life um, and sexually now. So I'm thinking it's like, whoa, like these, this opening, I'm kind of doing a creative and sexual opening at the same time um, in my life. And the podcast is a perfect example of both of those things. Right. And I just, I feel like the, like the powerful potential of it. Like I feel like I can almost sense the, like, yeah, the catapult, the the catapult, (laughs) like, beaming me out into the the another you know ether or whatever <laughs> no just when you when you start no i'm just gonna say like when you when you start talking about this stuff i'm watching your face and I, of course everybody who's listening to this won't be seeing the video but when i look at your facial expressions when i look at your hand gestures just the a different energy takes over you i kind of picture you like one of those old like Catholic paintings, you know, where you got like the sunbeams coming out behind the person's <laughs> head. You are literally radiating the passion that you're describing. That's yeah. rad. I yeah. love that. That's so cool. Thank you. Have you ever heard of, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of Louise Brooks, right? I have not. Okay. Okay. Famous silent film star. She was basically Hollywood's, one of Hollywood's first sex icons, mm-hmm. uh, Louise Brooks. And she kind of died out when the silent film switched to talkie version. Uh, But she'd had an interview done late, late in her life where someone was asking her about things like that. And she really believed that uh, masturbation was the highest form of art. What a wise woman beyond her years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I can say that in the, in the learning and the reading and the, and the reflecting and the research I'm doing, yeah, it's like sexual self-sexual play is like super important to a, a a full healthy sexual life. Um, Because how do you know, how do you know anything about your body unless unless you're unless you're really intimately know your body right and unless you really 
are, you know, it's like the way it's, it's really the key to everything. I mean, if you, there's, if you read like any really good sexuality book, it's like, that's, you know, that's it. It's like, yeah. You got to find, you know, if you don't know where you live, you're not going to be able to tell yeah. anybody else where you live. There's no exactly. GPS for, you know, this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, it, it's, go, it's deeper too. It's like the emotional aspect. It's like all of the, again, the unraveling we have to do. Right. So it's like this, like, but like, you know, loving our bodies and looking at our bodies and touching our bodies and, 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 you know, accepting our bodies is like, it's a huge part of the sexual journey. And I really think, I mean, we can do a lot with a partner, but we can't, we can't do it all with a partner. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you just need your own hint. <laughs> sometimes well, you just, you know, what to definitely that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is really fun. I know. I love yeah, it. I'm really enjoying our conversation, Tiffany. Yay. Good. Me too. <laughs> I love talking. I'm like, sure. You guys, I'm like, like I, t- I said in the, inter- in the uh, message, I'm like, I'm way more comfortable being an interviewer is like, uh, it's a little, it's like new territory and I'm not a f- huge fan right now <laughs> of it, <laughs> but like, I'll, t- I'll, you can ask me anything. Like I'm super comfortable in, 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 th- in the interviewee seat. So but I think as an interviewer, what and, and I I know this is like maybe not totally on topic, but as an interviewer, when, if you bring the vulnerability to the table that you're bringing just as a guest, mm-hmm. I think that your guests are going to respond. They're going to surprise you with information that they'll volunteer that you won't even have to ask for. You make your own job easy when you take your own walls down. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, and you know what? That's so true. And I'm already experiencing that. I've done two interviews so far and they've been fucking amazing. You guys just like, whoa, you know, just, and, and I have to say, um, thank you AC for saying that, but I, I, it's like, I knew going in. Okay. So this is part of my, 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 my journey to the podcast is like accepting my strengths, like seeing my strengths and, and really, accepting them and, and allowing those to move me forward rather than like, well, but no, you know, like, like, no Tiff, like you're good. You're good at this, this, and this. Yeah. Instead of being like a little bit risky. It feels well, yeah. Instead of, (laughs) instead of, instead of being like, I can't do this, this, and this, or I'm bad at this, this, and this, or I don't know this, this, and this, which is where I've always been. I'm trying to be like, oh, but what are your strengths and what do you bring to the table? Like what would, you know, it's like, and I'm, and I'm really trying to give myself that gift of really believing in my strengths and not fucking focusing on my weak spots, you know, like being aware, being aware, but not letting my weak points guide me, like letting my strengths guide me. And I've always, I've always been told you know, from since for, for my whole life, basically that I have this gift of vulnerability and, and conversation and, um, of good listening skills. And, you know, and I have this kind of gift of, of, you know, um, having really intimate connections with people through conversation. That is it. That is something that I have a gift of. So I, I'm trying to run with that and do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're doing it right. Honestly. I mean, we've grown a lot with our podcasting. We probably could have said all the same things you did. I mean, going into it, I felt very much like that nervous, unsure, not thinking that I had what it took, yeah. you know, but then I started to realize my strengths and working with AC has been very helpful because we're able to kind of look at each other and be like, well, let's try this. Let's try this. Um, or this is a, this is something you usually do. Maybe you, you're not really aware of it. Yeah. Brings it to my attention. And like what you were saying with what AC was saying with, uh, you know, making yourself vulnerable, kind of gives the other person permission to be vulnerable too. And I think in terms of podcasting and in the bedroom, I think it's the same way. It's like, maybe if us girls spoke up a little bit more, maybe our guys would speak up a little bit more too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, I mean, you guys know, are you guys familiar with Brene Brown's work? A little bit. Yeah. I'm familiar with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's literally vulnerability is the key to everything. It is. I agree. Like, it's, it is. It's, there's research about it. And yeah. Um, 
And you grow uh, when you're vulnerable. Everything happens when you're vulnerable. So many things happen. So many good. So the things that matter happen yeah. when people are vulnerable. The things that matter for happiness, um, that's really what's up. And so, um, and so I believe in it. I'm a firm believer in vulnerability. I expect it of people I'm around. I expect it of, of people I'm intimate with. And, and I give that in return, you know, and it, and it makes for amazing relationships that I'm so grateful for. You know, I don't have, I have horrible family life as you both have shared. And, um, you know, I've found my tribe through, and I have to, I have to say that I, I attribute that to vulnerability. Honestly, that's it. I, I found family. I found purpose. I found a community, um, because of vulnerability and, and connection through that. Well, we might actually yeah. want to talk to you about, uh, your family issues on one of our other podcasts. If that, if you, absolutely, we, we we do a show that's all about family estrangement issues, and I'm estranged from okay my family. Yeah, so you're in good company here. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we would definitely love to chat about that, but not on this show. We will yeah, give a okay. shameless plug though for <laughs> the other show is called do When it. the Bell Breaks, and um, anybody who's dealing with any sort of familial estrangement, definitely check it out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I um, have a, yeah, I have lots of, lots of, I could, yeah, just. No, we'll, and we'll it just, I, I love <laughs> we'll your talk. overall, your overall energy, your insight and everything. So I, I think that, yeah, I think God, I could talk to you for hours about yeah. anything I feel. Yeah. And which is what makes <laughs> yeah. what I'm about to say so painful is that we are really like coming up on the one hour mark. And yeah. as much as I, I could do this all night long, <laughs> we can't. Right. <laughs> um, so this is the point in the show where I typically throw Alexis under the bus. But I think in this case, I'm going to go first. Uh, we, we do a little round of just uh, telling each other what we like about each other. Um, okay. Tiffany, when, when we came into this conversation, all I knew was like a two sentence bio. And I thought I had you figured out. I, and like, honestly, <laughs> my... Impulse reaction was, oh, Jesus, another one of those. <laughs> but you immediately, like from the moment you opened your mouth, you made me feel like such an asshole for thinking that. Because <laughs> the the energy you bring to the to the to the conversation is it's beautiful. Like you are beautiful, Tiffany. Thank and you. I don't I don't just mean like superficially. I mean yeah. Maybe not everybody listening can is familiar with Tiffany's face. She is a beautiful woman. But <laughs> I think the, yes. the the beauty that I find overwhelming about you, Tiffany, is 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 really what's inside and and what you're willing to share. And what I mm-hmm. what I like about you is that you are a genuine and I don't know if this is gonna sound weird, but a refreshing person to speak mm. with. So mm. thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, seriously, I'm getting a little bit emotional to myself because so many things that you said really just, it's going to make me think about my own, you know, my own self a little bit more in terms of what I like and what I really want. Because if I don't know those things, I can't tell anybody else. And I'm just setting myself up to get hurt or to feel unfulfilled, or like you said, just kind of going through things, just kind of looking for that connection, but never really having it. Hmm. Uh, you brought those things to my attention. That's so important. So I want to say thank you. And again, what AC said, very beautiful person inside and out. Check her out. Uh, when her podcast uh, launches, we will make sure that that link gets in the show notes for sure, because I plan on listening definitely. And also what I like about you, Tiffany, is again, I mean, this word has come up so much is your vulnerability. I can tell that sometimes these things are not, like you said, something, you can talk about anything, but some things are a little more difficult. And so I really appreciate you opening yourself up to us on this show. Wow, you guys. I was like, I was all, am I going to cry? 
<laughs> well, I always keep a box of tissues nearby. <laughs> well, well, goodness gracious, your words are beautiful and so kind and generous. My both of you, like, oh, I, I'm just like I'm kind of speechless. I I just appreciate your kindness and um, uh, yeah, it's just really beautiful. I don't even know what to say. I I I'm. I didn't know what to expect going in either. And I just was like, just, just open your heart to these people. And just like, you know, because you're meeting cool, I'm sure they're going to be cool and let's see what happens. And what a, what an amazing experience. Like, I just appreciate your guys's, um, first of all, the work you're doing with this podcast. I think it's really important to, I, I just love it. And, um, we need more of this in the world, you know, just getting together and just talking to each other. Like, yeah. yeah. So I just really commend you guys for your work. Um, and I really encourage you to keep going and keep doing it because it's super important what you're doing. Um, and you guys are both gems and I'm so like happy to meet you guys. Like, I just think this feels, um, you know, it feels cosmic. But I'm I'm also I'm also like you know kind of like a cosmic lady and I can be that kind of lady. But um, it feels like that to me, so it feels very special. And I appreciate you guys asking me to be here and to um, for for offering the space. Um, and I just want to say quickly, my the title of my podcast is the Pleasure Potential Podcast. I do have a title. Pleasure Potential. I like yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So so um, yeah, it'll. I, I I think the date is going to be June 9th the launch date i'm, I'm just, like not quite settled on it but i think so so i'll but i'll i'll hook, I'll hook up with you guys when, when we get closer so. yeah 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 awesome well that's another episode of what i like about you <laughs> thanks for listening everybody <laughs> <laughs>